from WOKV, Stephanie Brown. We're interrupting your standard programming right now because we do have a decision in the sentencing of Donald Smith. I want to go ahead and reset for you exactly where we stand, and then I'm going to go ahead and bring in WOKV legal analyst Mark Rubin as well. We're going to give you an idea of where we stand, and then as soon as that decision is in, they're reconvening court at this moment, bringing everyone back in. Our reporter in the courtroom, Bridget Matter, says that Donald Smith has just been brought back into the courtroom. Looks like the state, the defense, they're all seated. So we are expecting this to come any minute. Let's get a quick answer, though, from WOKV legal analyst Mark Rubin. Mark, we have seen a few days of testimony, obviously, leading to the convictions in this case for the kidnapping, rape, and murder of Cherish Periwinkle. And now we have just a little over two hours to make this decision. Is it surprising to see the timeline here at a little over two hours? Yeah, this is a... Um you know, it, I always think that when a death penalty phase is, is going to happen, that the jurors are going to be very serious about their job. And, um, and that means they're going to review all the evidence, they're going to listen carefully during the case, and then they're going to weigh it all when they go back into the deliberations. So even though they were only out for 15 minutes when they had their initial finding of guilty, they've obviously taken this much more seriously. They've been out now for a couple of hours. And when we're looking at this process, again, this is the death penalty. And in Florida now, the jury must be unanimous in order to impose the death penalty. And in this case specifically, we had a lot of what are called mitigating factors. You know, it's getting a little bit into legalese. But, Mark, when we're talking about, you know, the decision that the jury is making, what are they looking at in terms of the aggravating, the mitigating, the evidence? You know, take us through what that decision process looks like, because so few of our listeners will ever be on a panel in a capital case like this. Right, Stephanie. So this is a contest between the prosecution and the defense to convince the jury which side they should believe. The defense is trying to tell, is trying to convince the jury that this man should be spared from the death penalty, that there are so many reasons in his background, uh, in his life, that he's not a, a, a solid, hard, cold, bad person that should be executed. And, and then on the other side, the prosecution is trying to say there's aggravating circumstances here. This was a little girl that was murdered. There, he's been a bad guy all of his life, and the only penalty that he should have is death. And so that goes back and forth. The jury has to consider the mitigating circumstances, those in favor of the defendant, and then weigh those against the aggravating circumstances, those in favor of the state. And then the jury has to vote. And what's really interesting here now is the law just recently changed. This is one of the first trials in the state of Florida where we actually have to have a unanimous verdict if we're going to have a death penalty. Uh, last year, the United States Supreme Court said you can't do that anymore, uh, that the way the process used to be, whereas a jury would make a recommendation. It didn't have to be unanimous, and then the judge would make the decision. That actually happened a couple years ago, and Florida had a couple tries to fix it, and they couldn't. So now we're, we're with the final rule, which is it has to be unanimous. All 12 have to vote for guilty or, uh, in other words, the death penalty. And if even one person holds out and says, I, don't, I can't vote for the death penalty, for whatever reason, then we end up with a life sentence. So it's either life or death. That's what's going to come out of this jury box today.
So if you're just tuning in, you're expecting to hear Sean Hannity. We are going to be getting back to him shortly, but we're breaking into your normal coverage right now because we do have a decision in the sentencing of Donald Smith. Right now, our reporter in the courtroom, Bridget Matter, tells me that Donald Smith, the defense, the state, they are all in the courtroom. And in fact, Rain Periwinkle, the mother of eight-year-old Cherish Periwinkle, is in the courtroom as well. So to recap for you, if you're not familiar with this case, what we had was back in 2013, eight-year-old Cherish Periwinkle was kidnapped, raped, and murdered by Smith. He was convicted last week and now potentially faces the death penalty as a result. The jury's been deliberating for a little over two hours. And again, we're just moments away and we're going to bring you that live courtroom feed as soon as it is available. This has been, you know, just a long process. And Mark, you know, again, seeing the deliberations, especially because something like this is so technical, so involved so many factors to consider i think it's natural for a lot of people to expect that after being out for a little bit over two hours while it is longer than it took for them to reach a verdict it's still something that i would think kind of leads to one way well you're more optimistic than me i'm i don't i don't really know which way it's going to go you know you you covered this trial you you obviously saw the gruesome testimony uh, during the trial, but this isn't about innocence or guilt. This is about whether we're going to put a person, a human being, to death. The stakes are as high as they get when human beings decide to essentially murder another human being under legal circumstances. So the, with such a, such a severe penalty, uh, that's why we require a unanimous verdict. All 12 voter, all jurors must vote for death. And those folks have been selected from the very beginning of this case by the defense and the prosecution hoping that they will have a profile that will be able to serve their position. In other words, the prosecution was hoping that they could get people that could actually vote yes for death. And the defense, even back to jury selection, when the 12 jurors were picked for this case, was looking for and thinking about this part of the case because they didn't really de defend the case in terms of innocence or guilt. They didn't put on any testimony. They didn't make any argument. They did very little cross-examination, if any. And so the defense, who's done a very good job, in my opinion, so far, was aiming their entire thrust towards this moment where the jury was going was gonna to come back with, in their hopes, at least one person that wasn't able to say death. And I'm watching a feed from inside of the courtroom right now. It looks like the jury is being brought in. So, again, we're expecting the uh, decision to be coming any moment now. And we're going to be airing that live here on WOKV. You know, the closing arguments, which took place earlier today, really hit or hammered in for the jury what each side was building their case around because as you just mentioned speaking here with WOKV legal analyst Mark Rubin the defense really didn't try to contest Donald Smith's guilt and they actually said during this penalty phase that it's because the evidence that was presented to them was so overwhelming they couldn't stand up and say that Smith was not guilty instead what they built their case around is the belief that Smith is mentally ill they showed brain scans and images of damage and trauma saying that he was not able to control his impulses and that he is sick and had sought help for it before what the state says though is that even if you accept that he could not 
control his impulses in form of pedophilia, that he was intentional in his decision to kill eight-year-old Cherish Periwinkle, and he did so in order to eliminate a witness. Again, if you're tuning in expecting to hear Sean Hannity, we will be bringing that to you shortly. Right now, what I'm going to do is toss it live inside of the courtroom where Judge Mallory Cooper is now starting to speak. The jury is seated. Let's hear what the decision is. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, it's my understanding the jury has reached a verdict. Is that correct? Yes. Do you have the verdict form? If you'd hand it to the bailiff, please. Thank you. Right now, the background noise that you're hearing, that is Judge Mallory Cooper right now reviewing the forms that the jury has filled out. Again, we have a decision on whether Donald Smith will be sentenced to death for the murder of eight-year-old Cherish Periwinkle. We are inside the courtroom. As the judge just takes a look at all of the paperwork, make sure that everything is, in fact, in order. But again, we've heard from this 12-panel uh, jury that they do, in fact, have a decision. We know that imposing the death sentence must be unanimous. It would only take one person holding out in order for that not to be the case. What we have seen is two days of testimony, and let's go ahead and toss it back to the judge. Uh, State of Florida versus Donald James Smith, verdict as to sentence. We, the jury, find as follows as to the defendant Donald James Smith in this case. We, the jury, unanimously find that the state has proven the following aggravating factors beyond a reasonable doubt as to the defendant Donald James Smith in this case. Donald James Smith was previously convicted of a felony involving the use or threat of violence to another person. The first degree murder was committed while Donald James Smith was engaged in the commission of a kidnapping and a sexual battery. The first degree murder was committed for the purpose of avoiding or preventing a lawful arrest. The first degree murder was especially heinous, atrocious, or cruel. The first degree murder was committed in a cold, calculated, and premeditated manner without any pretense of moral or legal justification. Cherish Periwinkle was a person less than 12 years of age. Reviewing the aggravating factors that we unanimously found to be proven beyond a reasonable doubt in Section A above, we, the jury, also unanimously find that the aggravating factors are sufficient to warrant a possible sentence of death, and they have marked yes. As to mitigators, we, the jury, find that the following statutory mitigating circumstances have been established by a greater weight of the evidence as to the defendant Donald James Smith in this case. Um, I'll read the mitigator and then the answer. The first degree murder was committed while Donald James Smith was under the influence of extreme mental or emotional disturbance. No. 
the capacity of Donald James Smith to appreciate the criminality of his conduct or to conform his conduct to the requirements of law was substantially impaired? No. Donald James Smith, James Smith's age at the time of the crime? Yes, by a vote of 12 to, to nothing. Um, Donald James Smith's biological father left before he was born. As a result, he never had a relationship with him. No. Donald James Smith's parents were forced to divorce by his maternal grandparents, who openly disapproved of his biological father. No. Donald James Smith's mother was 17 years old when she gave birth to him. No. Donald James Smith was born premature with a low birth weight. No. Donald James Smith's mother wanted to give him up for adoption. No. Mental illness runs in Donald James Smith's mother's side of the family and in his biological father's family. No. Addiction runs in Donald James Smith's mother's side of the family and in his biological father's family. No. Emotional instability leading to physical violence is present on Donald James Smith's father's side of the family. No. Donald James Smith's paternal uncle shot his grandfather to death. No. Donald James Smith's mother spent very little time with him as a baby, instead focusing all of her attention on finding a man who could provide her with the lifestyle her parents felt she deserved. No. Donald James Smith moved out of his grandparents' home when his mother married Clifton Smith, the man who formally adopted him, which was extremely traumatic. No. Cliff was verbally and emotionally abusive to Donald James Smith. He also locked Donald James Smith outside as punishment. No. Cliff was physically abusive to Donald James Smith. No. Donald James Smith was trying On WOKV, Stephanie Brown, right now what you're listening to is a feed from inside of the Duval County Courthouse where we are waiting to see the sentence for Donald Smith. What you've already heard the judge discuss to this point is that the jury has found several aggravating factors in this case that would warrant the death penalty. But what the judge is reading at this point is the jury also had to weigh in on dozens of what are called mitigating factors, statements of fact, which the jury has to determine if they believe that it should influence their decision of whether to sentence him for death. So within the next couple of minutes, we are expecting that actual penalty announcement to come down. But I want to go ahead and bring back in WOKV legal analyst Mark Rubin. Mark, when we're hearing that on these aggravating factors, they were unanimous in determining that they apply. We heard some of the early mitigating factors uh, they didn't necessarily believe to be the case. So do we start to see the scales tipping at this point or or could we still see in the next couple of minutes that he is not sentenced to death well stephanie from what i heard i can't think that there's any other verdict coming except for a death penalty they found uh, uh several aggravating circumstances the mitigating circumstances that you were hearing were not uh being decided on truth or falsity but whether those facts were mitigators and we have kept hearing no, no, no as mitigators. And so from what we've heard so far, we've heard no mitigators. We heard a whole bunch of aggravators. And so that can only lead us to one conclusion. This verdict is going to be the death penalty. 
So if you're tuning in expecting to hear Sean Hannity, we continue our live breaking news coverage with this special uh, breaking news event locally here in Duval County. I want to take a second to reset for you as we do continue to listen from inside of the Duval County Courthouse. We have a sentencing decision that has been reached for Donald Smith. He is a man who was convicted last week of the 2013 kidnapping, rape and murder of eight-year-old Cherish Periwinkle. Throughout this week, we've brought you coverage as this sentence phase took place. So what we've already heard now from inside of the courtroom, and I do want to mention that in the courtroom is not only Smith, but uh, Cherish's mother, as well as all of the legal team in this, uh, heavy media presence, obviously. This was a big case that led to changes in the state law, among other things, for how sex offenders are dealt with. So what we've heard so far just from this sentencing proceeding is that the jury has found several aggravating factors. Basically, they say the state has proven enough that it should warrant the death penalty. But bringing back in WOKV legal analyst Mark Rubin at this stage, again, we don't have the final sentence yet. And, you know, one of the arguments the defense made as they closed out their case is that even if the jury finds that the death sentence could be warranted, that they still have a moral option not to impose it. Is that an effective argument? Is that something that you see we could see or believe we could see coming in play in the next few minutes? I find it hard to believe that having heard what we've already heard, that the jury could come to any other conclusion other than that. There was no signs of mercy or benefit of the doubt on any of those aggravators or mitigators. Everything was tilting towards one decision and one decision alone, the death penalty. Now, there is always the possibility uh, because... It's not done. It's not over till it's over, as they say. But from everything we've heard so far, that it would be highly unlikely that we're going to get any other decision other than death. So this case, the defense really tried to make it about Smith having a mental illness, is what they called it. Several personality disorders, as well as uh, some brain trauma that prevented him from uh, controlling his impulses. And the defense argued, do we execute the mentally ill? That was one of the quotes that uh, Julie Schlacks, the defense attorney, kept bringing back up in her closing argument. Does that lay the foundation for an appeal? Do you think, you know, I know we're kind of getting a step ahead as we do again, wait for that final word on the sentence here. But is that something that she can say he's mentally ill and as such does not warrant the death penalty? Well, the defense has done an excellent job in this case. Uh, it's their job to try to create reasonable doubt during the trial. It's their job to try to bring out mitigating factors during the sentencing phase. And from, from the very beginning of jury selection, they have done everything that they could. But that doesn't mean that they're going to win. Uh, you know, every cancer doctor uh, doesn't win every single uh, case that he, that he sees. You don't, a cancer doctor can't save every patient. And so as good a job as the defense has done, it's, it's sometimes the facts are just overwhelming and you can't do anything about it. I've many times tried to argue to a jury that we shouldn't execute the mentally ill. But the fact of the matter is, is that 12 people are, have been picked, selected, listened to the heinous facts of this case, and ultimately, uh, at, from what we've seen so far, are led to one conclusion and one conclusion alone. Now, whether this is an issue that gets brought up on appeal, uh, if, if in fact the jury verdict is death, it, it obviously will come up. And, and Smith is entitled to an appeal. 
every death penalty defendant is entitled to an appeal. It's called capital case appeal, and they're, they're entitled to it by a matter of right. So there will be appeals. Uh, this, we're not going to have a rush to execution in this case, no matter how bad the facts may be and how some people may feel that we ought to just take them right out to a tree and string them up. But we're a, we're a society of morals, and we're a society of rule, where the rule of law takes effect. And so it's a process, and we'll live by that process. So inside of the courtroom right now, our reporter in there, Bridget Matter, is telling me that most of the mitigating factors, again, things that the jury was allowed to consider uh, in weighing whether Smith deserved the death penalty, factual statements that range from the age of his mother at the time of his birth to his history of physical abuse by a stepfather, a wide range of factors. And it looks like, according to our Bridget Matter, most of those mitigators, the vast majority, are not being found in this case. So very little that the jury sees as offsetting the severity of this case. The judge continues to read each of those mitigating factors and it's within the next few minutes that we are going to hear definitively what that final sentence will be. Here with WOKV legal analyst Mark Rubin. And Mark, we've talked a lot about the defense strategy and how they tried to argue this case and, and get Donald Smith out of a death sentence. But it also obviously needs to be said, the case the prosecutors put up, it was intentional, it was emotional, but it was you know, relatively clear. As I was watching the testimony throughout the defense expert witnesses, you could see what they were trying to achieve with the cross-examination. There were a few witnesses they tried to impeach or basically knock the credibility. There were a few witnesses that they tried to kind of narrow in what their expertise was. I think one of the arguments that really was most significant for the case in which they really tried to solidify during their closing arguments is that while maybe Donald uh, Smith did in fact have impulse control problems because of trauma to his brain, that that could be justified or could in some way tie into his pedophilia. But when it comes to the murder, and that's what this phase is about, the murder of eight-year-old Cherish Periwinkle, the prosecutors argued that was intentional. That was to eliminate a witness to crime that he had committed. And actually, as we're talking about this, I'm getting word from a reporter in the courtroom that the jury actually found Smith's brain damage was not a mitigating factor in their decision. Let's go ahead and talk about that for a second. Mark Rubin, you know, the defense had really built their case again around trying to say that Smith was mentally ill and could not control his impulses. So by not finding that to be a mitigator, I mean, that def essentially is taking apart the entire case that the, that the defense had put forward. It sounds like it unravels at that point. You, you know, a lot of people uh, would try to equate that to not guilty by reason of insanity. Uh, and th but this is not an insanity defense. In an insanity case, the defendant has to prove, and it's actually the defendant's burden to prove, that a person knew and appreciated the consequences of his acts or didn't know and appreciate the consequences of their acts. If they couldn't appreciate them, then they're mentally un uh, insane and then they can't be held accountable for anything that they do. With that kind of a finding uh, in a mitigating, as a mitigator, that they have, they basically have ground out, stamped out, eliminated the last hope of, uh, in any way, of coming up with a reason to say 
that Donald Smith should be spared. How hard is it when you have a case like this where, you know, the convictions, again, were kidnapping, rape, and murder, but this capital proceedings, this death penalty proceedings were triggered just by the murder charge. That is what made this case death penalty eligible. Is it difficult for a jury to, to separate that out and, and make sure that they're only, you know, examining the evidence as, in that aspect of the case? I don't see how a human being can separate those things. As much as we as lawyers advocate that they should, that they should look at these elements individually, separately, and weigh them and judge them. They're people that are making the decision on life or death, they take their job seriously. They absolutely take it seriously. But to be inhuman, to not be sensitive, to be in a situation where they have to take themselves out of who they are in their everyday lives and just judge this in an antiseptic environment is very, very hard to do. And so, you know, you might look at all these dozens and dozens of mitigating factors, and if you look at them one at a time in a vacuum without understanding, if this wasn't a, such a heinous set of facts, they, you, you might have a lot more mitigating factors be approved. Because, but when you take the, fa the way this crime occurred, the, the, the public reaction to it, uh, the, the specifics of what he did and the way he did it and, and the lack of remorse that he showed for it, um, those all weigh and they weigh very heavily and, and this is judgment day for him. All right, and that's WOKV legal analyst Mark Rubin. I'm actually just getting word from inside of the courtroom that we're through the mitigators. We're about to hear the sentence. Let's go ahead and toss it back to inside of the courtroom. We, the jury, unanimously find that the aggravating factors that were proven beyond a reasonable doubt in Section A above outweigh the mitigating circumstances established in Section C above. Yes. Having unanimously found that at least one aggravating factor has been established beyond a reasonable doubt in Section A above, that the aggravating factors are sufficient to warrant a sentence of death in Section B above, and that the aggravating factors outweigh the mitigating circumstances in Section D above, we, the jury, unanimously find that the defendant, Donald James Smith, should be sentenced to death. Yes. Um, and so say we all this 20, 22nd day of February, 2018, and signed and dated by the four persons. Members of the jury, we're going to ask each of you individually about the verdict that you have just heard. The question pertains to whether the verdict as read by the court was correctly stated. Madam Clerk, would you poll the jury? WOKV Stephanie Brown, what you have just heard is that Donald Smith has been sentenced to death for the 2013 kidnapping, rape, and murder of eight-year-old Cherish Periwinkle. The, the death sentence specifically coming for that murder charge. That is what made this case death penalty eligible. It has been a long time coming in this community. We are closing in on five years since this abduction. An Amber Alert was triggered. Smith luring a girl from her family at a North
Northside Walmart, ultimately leaving her remains in brackish water near a church. I'm seeing from our reporter inside of the courtroom, Bridget Matter, that jurors are crying. We've seen it's been emotional for them. Cherish's mother also in the courtroom. She is sobbing as well. One more time here, I want to bring in WOKV legal analyst Mark Rubin. You know, in, in terms of this death sentence, it kind of has become more clear over the last 15 minutes that this is what we were expecting to see. But nonetheless, you know, with your, your legal background, your expertise, again, seeing that this is one of the first death penalty cases in the state since the new law has been put in place. What is, you know, your final thought, your, your lingering, you know, uh, ideas about what we have seen here? Well, there's a lot of different things to look uh, to take from this. The, the first one and the, probably the biggest one is there are no winners. Uh, the, the Periwinkle family and the community were devastated by what happened. And, uh, and now Smith is going to pay the price for that. It may be five or ten years or more before that happens. But he will fade away on death row into the background. But what will, ha- what will continue to happen in the state of Florida, the things that will be ongoing, is, is that from this case there were some changes in the law uh, that have to do with sex offenses. And, we'll, and we always continue to work to improve those laws to protect victims uh, and make it uh, uh, easier for the police to, to, uh, to do their job. So we, we've got that from this case. It, it's a small, small victory, uh, but it's something. And then, of course, there's the idea of this unanimous death penalty, which is a process that is very new in the state of Florida. It's in most of the other states already and has been for years, but Florida was, was a very conservative state when it came to promoting the death penalty. Florida is a pro-death state, and so the laws were much easier in the past to get a death penalty. It did not have to be a unanimous decision. It was just a recommendation, and then the judges made those decisions. Now the law has changed, and it takes a unanimous verdict. And so to get a unanimous verdict, to get 12 people willing to say that somebody should die for their crimes is such a serious, serious decision. Uh, but in this situation, it appears, it appears that, the, that, the, that the, the penalty fits the crime. We've heard all the facts. The jury certainly thought that. Sitting on the side, we saw these facts, and and we saw how heinous they were, and we saw a lot of stuff that the jury didn't see, which was even worse. So whether justice is done, that'll be decided by an appeals court somewhere down the road. But uh, what we can take from this case now is that we can finally put this behind us in this community and, and hopefully find some way to move on. It's what the state believed to be justice for eight-year-old Cherish Periwinkle almost five years after she was kidnapped, raped, and murdered by Donald Smith. He has now been sentenced to death. I'm WOKV Stephanie Brown. I've been joined by WOKV legal analyst Mark Rubin. We're going to continue to have full coverage of this developing story throughout the afternoon. For now, we're going to rejoin Sean Hannity in progress. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.